Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. What's up, everybody? Good morning, good Thursday morning. Glad to see you. My name is Michael Borky. If you didn't know that already, if you can't see it literally everywhere, but glad to see you nonetheless. And uh, one topic today, but one I feel actually pretty passionate about. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy this one. Everybody around here has been talking about the problems with college football and how it needs to be fixed. And I'm going to fix it for you. I have given myself supreme power as commissioner of college football, and I'm going to fix it today. There are problems. I point them out often, but I'm going to offer solutions. You want college football to be fixed? Here's how you fix it. That's what we're talking about today. Glad to see you guys. Don't forget, while you're here, if you haven't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, Just search my name on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, uh, like my Facebook page if you're a Facebook user. Follow on Twitter if you haven't already, all under the same name. And wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning, or my name should turn up results, subscribe there so you don't miss a second. I appreciate your feedback on the uh, the time change. A lot of you suggesting night. Uh, so, so that is the prevailing thought so far, is that most people would prefer fewer episodes as long as they were at night as opposed to daily in the morning. I think that might be what I go with, unless proven otherwise. I'll make that decision later on. We'll keep doing this for a little while. Uh, But that's probably where we're going to go. I think we're going to flip the script, do fewer, so not five days a week, fewer, but at night, because it sounds like more of you can be a part. So that's where I'm leaning right now. Thank you for, uh, for letting me know. I appreciate it. Anytime somebody tells me, uh, something like that. If they care enough to give feedback like that, it means I'm doing at least a little something right. And so I appreciate all you guys for uh, for doing that. Uh, I appreciate you a lot for uh, for doing that. So that's what we're talking about today. I will start with this uh, this message from Patrick though, because we do have some local news coming. Uh, talked about it a little bit yesterday with Michael Trigg and Jackson Dart visiting Ole Miss this weekend, and I said on the radio show yesterday, and it bears repeating. They're they're getting to the point now where Jackson Dart's a guy they got to sign because you can love Luke Altmyer and think he's the second coming of Matt Corral and he's going to be great and be the future of the program, or you can think that no, he's not very good. You know, he's kind of a bum. We need somebody else desperately, or else we're in trouble. If you're one, no matter where you fall on that opinion spectrum, they need to sign a quarterback. Going into a season with two scholarship quarterbacks, one of which I, I think the team has clearly established is not ready, um, is a very risky thing. They have got to add another quarterback. So even regardless of what you think about Jackson Darter, Luke Altmeyer, they've got to get somebody, and this guy's really important. So uh, Patrick's asking, if you sign Jackson Dart, that's giving up any chance at signing Arch Manning, right? I just don't see him sitting two years. Um, the thing is, though, 
the other schools he's considering are also, you know, signing quarterbacks of his quality. And for whatever it's worth, uh, I actually, so it's all grapevine stuff, but I, I have talked to somebody recently that is close with the family. Starting right away is not a priority. For whatever that's worth, starting right away apparently is not a priority. They recognize the benefits of not being thrown to the wolves as a true freshman. They think that the adjustment is, is real, and so that's not necessarily a priority for them. Could I be wrong? Absolutely have been wrong before. This is like, you know, grapevine stuff. However, uh, that is something that I was told relatively recently that it was actually about Caleb Williams. If Caleb Williams signs with Ole Miss, does that mean Arch is out? And the person said no, because they don't envision the family looking at starting right away as necessarily a priority. And so we'll see. Because, like, the other teams that are in it, right, Georgia, Georgia's look at who they're signing. You know, look at who they're bringing in at quarterback. Uh, look at who Texas just signed Quinn Ewers, right? So he's got three years at best before he's gone. Um, Ole Miss potentially bringing in Jackson Dart. Uh, I mean, Alabama continues to recruit the way they do. So there's um, – I don't necessarily think that's the issue here. I don't. But I do think they need to try to sign Jackson Dart. Uh, they need to put the full court press on him. I think they will also. He's an extremely talented guy. And you go into the spring with a true quarterback competition, which is good for both guys. It's good for Jackson Dart. It's good for Luke Altmaier. And if Altmaier happens to win the job, then great. But you need – Another quarterback in that room. Quarterback competitions that go into fall camp are good, uh, at least if one can separate from the other. But uh, I, I've had people ask, well, if you sign Dart, does that mean Altmaier's going to transfer? Maybe, but you can't not sign quarterbacks of Dart's caliber at the risk of Altmaier transferring. You know, uh, it's risky. Because you don't know if Altmaier can produce for a full season. You don't know if Dart can produce for a whole season. You don't know. But bringing in talented quarterbacks to your program is always something you should try to do. That's what I said about Mississippi State yesterday. Well, oh, they well they got a receiver room that's filled with four stars. Why, why would they go get a transfer? Because you can never get enough talent on your roster. And now that Polk's gone, you've got a lot of unproven in that receiver room in Starkville, a lot of talent, but a lot of unproven talent. If you can go get a guy that's caught a thousand yards worth of passes, like in the AAC or whatever, then yes, you sign that guy right away. You you cannot <laughs> you cannot stop yourself from signing elite talent because you've got some talent already on your roster. That's not going to win you games in the SEC. Tim says, "Right, Borky. I think we have to deal with it now." Talking about Ole Miss, get Dart. Uh, you can't base everything on Arch. You may go to Georgia. Yeah, and, and for all the stuff, all the criticism that Lane Kiffin's received lately, uh, first of all, uh, his staff hires are doing an excellent job at acquiring talent on the defensive side of the ball. Like uh, your next defensive coordinator, who's already been on staff, but he's the next like DC, uh, is recruiting like a madman. Uh, so you got to give credit to the head coach for making hires that do things like that, right? The portal's gone really well for Ole Miss lately. They got another pickup yesterday from a linebacker that's probably going to start. Uh, that's that's a good sign. 
But for all the criticism that Kiffin's received lately, um, you cannot criticize, I don't think, his Arch Manning recruitment. You cannot, if you're Lane Kiffin, put all your eggs in the Arch basket. You can't do it. Because there's a great chance that he's elsewhere. And so if you spend all your time and resources and energy on one quarterback and you don't sign that one quarterback, you're kind of screwed. So, yeah, I, I think for all the criticism Lane's gotten, some of it justified, some of it not, that's not one thing that you can criticize him for. And, I mean, if Arch, when Arch commits to not Ole Miss, it's going to be a meltdown and people are really going to have things to say about Lane Kiffin. And... um I don't think any of them will be justified. He's trying. He's recruiting him. But you also have to look at other quarterbacks in the event you don't get this one. Um, People aren't going to handle that well. They're just not. I would tell you to prepare for him to go somewhere else. And that's okay. That's okay. As long as you bring in guys like Jackson Dart, you're going to be fine. Greg says, if you don't bring in a quarterback now and wait on Arch, and Arch doesn't come to Ole Miss, then you're screwed. Exactly. You have to win now. What are the chances of getting Dart and Trigg? Uh, if they show up to campus after their Oklahoma visit, I would say that Ole Miss is the favorite and that they're they're going to go to Ole Miss. If they show up to campus, I think that will that will be it in a good way. That will be it in in the fact that you signed them. So good stuff this morning, guys. Glad you're with me. Uh, let's talk about this though. College football is losing national interest. And part of that is because the Southeast has dominated the sport in my entire lifetime. In the BCS and playoff era, the Southeastern Conference has been the best. The Southeast of the United States, you can throw Clemson in there and Florida State when they won a championship not too terribly long ago. The Southeast is dominating the sport. And national interest is waning. We had the second least watched national championship since 2005. So since that USC-Oklahoma game, the second least-watched national championship of all time, second only to last year. This was the least-watched semifinal games combined in the playoff era. National interest in college football is waning. It is losing interest. And some people will say that it's because of the portal and because of NIL. I actually honestly disagree with that. I think college football is losing interest because it's only a Southeastern-dominated sport. I don't think NIL in Transfer Portal has really anything to do with the waning interest. Because if you stop reading your message boards and you just watch the games on Saturdays or go to the games on Saturdays, you'll realize that nothing at all about college football has changed. Everything is the same. I, I went to a game this year. It was the same. Just because a few guys on the field were getting a couple thousand dollars didn't change anything about being at the game itself. So I don't think it's Portal NIL. I think it's the regionalization of the sport. But either way, you have people that are saying that college football is becoming the NFL and they don't want it to become the NFL. And that's why they're going to start tuning out because it's just becoming the NFL. And I understand that. And I am not saying that college football should become the NFL. That's why I think NIL is perfect, although some people are going to game the system because the scholarship is still meaningful. They still have to go to class and get an education and all that, but also they can earn money on the side like I could, like I did when I was a college student. The music major 
can teach lessons on the side and get paid for it while they're on scholarship. I think the athletes should be able to do the exact same thing. I don't want them to be on like a payroll from the school. I don't think that's the best solution, despite what Cory Booker is trying to push through Congress, which will fail, by the way. I don't want college football to become the NFL. I don't. I love the NFL. I'm a big NFL fan. I like the distinguishment between the two. However, there are a lot of things that college football can learn from the NFL to fix the problem, which is waning national interest. So here is what you do. I'm the commissioner now of college football, and here's how you fix it. This is a foolproof plan that I thought about and I wrote down. Uh, There's no holes in this. Maybe there are. Just don't tell me. Um, But here's how I would fix college football. And I would start by making it a year-round sport. That's one great thing about NFL fandom is regardless of how bad your team is or whatever the case may be, there's always something to be excited about as an NFL fan. There's always something to be interested in. The season just ended for for my Saints, right? But now the draft's coming up. I get to look at mock drafts every day, and you've got pro days coming up and the combine. And when I'm watching the combine, when the combine's out are around, I'm interested in the wide receivers because I think the Saints need a wide receiver. I'm interested in the quarterbacks because if Matt Corral, for example, is available at 18, guess who's going to New Orleans? I think it's going to be Matt Corral. So I am watching the combine. I'm watching pro days. I'm watching the draft. And this takes the next few months. And then you've got mini camps and you've got OTAs and you've got free agency and then training camp, which is wide open to the media. The NFL only plays games for about half the year, but they are always doing something to get you, the fan, interested. There is always news to be consumed as an NFL fan, always. And most of it is blind optimism. Well, the team kind of sucked this year, but you've got the draft. You've got the draft coming up. And now, hey, this guy that you get in the first round, he's going to change everything for you. It's blind optimism. And then when OTAs happen, hey, this rookie looked really good in offseason OTAs, man. And then free agency opens up. Oh, we need help at cornerback. There's a free agent cornerback out there. He played in Detroit. You know, now we can get him. Constant, constant, constant news cycles in the NFL. College football, the NCAA, if they were competent, if they were smart, would lean into the portal era and take things like this from the NFL. They would make it a year-round sport. And here's what you should do to stop the waning national interest. I would start the season earlier. That's my first thing. Start the season earlier and add an extra bye week. Look at what the NFL did this year. They just decided to add an extra game to the schedule. So there's another week where the NFL is at the forefront of everything. I would start the college football season at the end of August instead of the 1st of September and add a second bye week to the season. I would do that. Um, One, it gives you 14 weeks instead of 13, so an extra week where you're in the cycle. And... It gives you one fewer week where you're competing against the NFL. Instead of having two weeks where there's college football without the NFL, you have three weeks where there's college football without the NFL. You are the story for an extra week all by yourself. And you extend the season, which keeps people's interest a little bit longer. And I would end the season on New Year's Day. So I would skip the three months that exist between the end of the season and 
and the start of both or the three weeks, I should say, and I would immediately go into the playoffs. When the SEC championship is done in two weeks, it's a semifinal week later national championship or however you want to do it. I would end the season. I would start it sooner and end it sooner because, again, the fewer times you can compete against the NFL, the better. And New Year's Day is the best college football viewing day of the year. So you're losing ratings. You're losing interest. Have college football end on New Year's Day because you would kill it in terms of numbers, and of course numbers brings more viewers. Or I would just get smarter and put all of the semifinal games on New Year's Day. But either way, that's when I would end the season. So start it sooner, end it sooner, just move the calendar up a little bit because the fewer times you're competing against the NFL, the better it is for for you. I would also expand the playoff. One great thing about, and you know, they're trying to do this, but the commissioners can't get their shit together. Forgive my language. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. The negotiations and all that. And no, do I think that expanding the playoff would grant a new champion? No, I don't. But look at what the NFL has created with their playoff structure. They have forced the NFL, every region of the country, to be interested in the playoffs because you have. The division winner from the NFC East, the NFC North, the NFC South, and the NFC West all make the playoff. The winner from the AFC East, the AFC North, the AFC South, the AFC West all make the playoff. And so regardless of how good they are, because remember last year, right? Last year, the bad Washington football team who won a bad division hosted Tom Brady in a playoff game, and that game ended up being awesome. What they've done with their playoff structure is allowed everybody nationwide to have a team in their region, two teams in their region, playing in the playoff. So you've got Buffalo and New England, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, Tennessee and Indianapolis, Kansas City and Las Vegas, Dallas and Philly, Green Bay and Minnesota. That's the Rams and the Cardinals. So you've got West Coast, you've got East Coast, you've got Midwest, you've got South, all in the playoffs. They force that action. They force that to happen. College football would greatly benefit from doing the same thing. You expand to 12, you give the six conference champions, whether it be all five from the Power Five and one from the Group of Five or just the highest-ranked six conference champions, automatic bids because then the Pac-12, the West Coast gets a team, the South gets a team, the Midwest gets a team, the East Coast gets a team, and then you fill the other six with the six most deserving teams and you have a playoff, or maybe you just do it to eight instead of 12, and you have a playoff that brings in everybody because the NFL does it, and that's why the playoffs are so nationally consumed, aside from the fact that it's the most popular league in America, but part of that is because they market themselves beautifully. College football playoff this year, only the Southeast was interested. Oh, that was it. West of the Mississippi River didn't have a single team in it. Not one. West of the Mississippi. Wait, does Michigan, is, is Michigan west of the Mississippi? I don't think so, right? I'm not a geography guy. Right. All right. I was right. I nailed that. West of the Mississippi River, not a single team played in the playoff this year in college football. Change that. Expand the playoff. Bring in the entire country, just like the uh, the NFL. 
do the same. I would also eliminate the early signing day. I would get rid of it. Because right now, National Signing Day in college football is buried. It's absolutely buried. In December, you've got bowl games going on. You've got the NFL going on. Yes, it's in the middle of the week, but still. National Signing Day in college football is not an event anymore. It's not a thing. It's not a news cycle. Yeah, Deion Sanders gets a guy, and that's interesting. But by and large, football fans nationally are distracted when you do something like this during the season. You think NFL free agency, they're going to let that happen during the season? No, absolutely not. Black Monday happens after the season ends in the NFL. Free agency happens when the season ends. The draft happens after the season, months after the season. National Signing Day needs to go back to one date in February. Early, early February. Get rid of early signing day. Make that be your day in college football without any distractions. No games going on. Nothing. That is you. National Signing Day in February. I would also open the portal twice. Two separate transfer windows. Again, all I'm doing is creating new cycles. National interest all year round. Because right now in college football, you have the season. And then when the season ends, you've got you know, maybe a bowl game. But signing day happens during the season. So, you know, that all is fitted into that window. You have spring practice, but media access is completely cut off. So you can only watch the spring game. And then... Nothing until the season begins, until camp begins. But then, again, you can't you can't go to the practices. Uh, media can't go. They have no access. And then the season begins again. All you have is the season. That's it. There's nothing else that happens. This is what I'm talking about here. Have two transfer windows. Uh, maybe start one January 2nd that goes to January 21st. So the players that want to transfer and get to their program by spring practice, uh, whatever the dates are, whatever you have to work it out to, to help them academically, that's when you open the first transfer window. The portal comes open on January 2nd and the portal closes on January 22nd. You've got three weeks to hit the portal and find a home. And then the portal closes. And then it opens up again after spring practice, after the semester. May. 15th to June 15th, you get in the portal, you find a home by then. Portal opens, portal closes. So you create two windows now where people are talking about college football. The transfer window is what you can call it. It's a transfer window. I think they use that phrase in uh, English Premier League soccer or something like that. The transfer window. Do it in college football as well. Two separate times that are favorable academically where a player can hit the portal and where a player can sign and transfer somewhere else. Because it being wide open all the time is taking away from the big news that it would be. So open the window up January 1st, close it January 22nd or whatever. Open it up middle of May when the semester ends and close it a month later in June. And then finally, the last thing I would do is I was I would force open practices and fan-slash-media access, just like the NFL does. Fall camp in a lot of places goes without a single person seeing a snap in practice. In some places, not all places. Some places have open scrimmages. Uh, some places even have open practices. I would force it. I would force it. I love the coverage of NFL training camp. You know why? Because when they're talking about it, you've got practice going on in the background. You've got practice going on in the background. 
as the NFL Network is at all these locations. You get to see it. You get to watch Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill take snaps in practice. You get the media there. And yes, I understand that some of it needs to be closed so you don't give away things to your opponent. But if the multi-billion dollar National Football League can figure out how to have open practices while also not revealing information, so can you. So I would force media access to players and coaches, and I would force media and fan access to practice and scrimmages. Not all of them, but some of them. Give people a reason to be engaged and to, and to go. It's hard to fall in love with a team when you don't get to hear from anybody on it, when you don't get to see anybody on it, except for on Saturday. Open things up, and that's how you make college football a year-round sport, and that's how you get national interest back. You open up the playoff. You force the playoff to be national. You force news cycles in the transfer portal. Just lean into it. It's already here. We're not putting that toothpaste back in the tube. Lean into it and make news out of it. Make interest out of it. Open it and close it in certain windows. Get rid of the December signing period. Move it back to just February, and you have that day all by yourself. Uh, open up media access to spring practice. Give yourself news in March and early April, and then open up camp again. Increase access for fans and for media, and you create more and more national interest, more news cycles. Just keep yourself out there for the entire year because the NFL does it, and it's brilliant. College football has nothing anywhere close to the marketing that the NFL does, and it still is extremely popular despite the interest going in the bad direction. That's what I would do. Make it a year-round sport. It belongs as a year-round sport, just like the NFL. And uh, the question is, what about the other sports? We talked about this some on the radio yesterday, and we had a listener. Well, what about baseball? No, Nobody cares. I'm sorry. Nationally, nobody cares about college baseball. The Birmingham Bowl between BYU and UAB on a rainy weekday, was watched by three times the people that watched Game 3 of the College World Series National Championship. Three times more people watched the Birmingham Bowl than Game 3 of the College Baseball National Championship. We care a lot around here, but nationally, you don't make decisions based on baseball or even basketball if you're a leader in college football. So you want to fix it? That's how you fix it. You lean into it. You create some oversight, and you create new cycles all year long. You want to counteract the waning interest? That's how you do it. You make it a year-round sport, and you adjust some things to try to kind of level the playing field a little bit and maybe enforce your own rules, and boom, there you go. National interest fixed. That simple. Or is it? Chase says, like I texted the show yesterday three times, just signed 40% of the top 100 players in America. Georgia alone signed 10 of the top 50, and they didn't even have the best class. I don't know how because I'm not that smart, but until we do something that cuts into that, we would continue to have regional discrepancies that I think are college football's biggest issue. But I do agree with what you're saying about the handling of the sport and when and how it's played. That would help, but you're right. I mean, there's nothing really you can do about the SEC's dominance uh, unless you start taking scholarships away. I mean that that really might be that might be it, um, especially now with the portal. What you're seeing is what I said yesterday. You probably heard this. 
what I'm noticing is starters from programs not in the SEC are transferring into the SEC. And backups from the SEC are transferring out, a la Aaron Brule. Now, that does help because a place like Michigan State isn't getting a four-star linebacker from Louisiana uh, without the transfer portal. But, yeah, I mean, even the good players from other places are transferring into the SEC. Ole Miss got a linebacker from Central Michigan yesterday. Three-time first-team All-Mac linebacker who played his two best games this year against Power 5 opponents. And, you know, that's contributing to this even more nobody would go for this because they would spin it as taking opportunities away from kids, but uh, this would help the FCS um, and lower levels, I suppose. But the only way I think you can really counteract this is decrease scholarship limits, and I don't think people would go for that. Bring it from 85 to 75. Those 10 spots at Alabama would go to somebody else. But I don't think they would ever do that. That's the only thing that I can think of, though. Unfortunately, that would uh, that would be an issue. William says, how about a spring game versus another team? That would increase uh, interest anyway. I- I've said that the FCS games need to stay because the FCS programs need those, need those games to pay their bills, basically. Uh, it's like 10% of their revenue comes from one football game where they go to NC State or whatever and get their faces pounded in. But that's, I mean, that's a big check for those people. Presbyterian took their game against Ole Miss in 2014 and built stadium lights for the first time. They need that money. Um, but if we're trying to get rid of those, play those games in the spring. People will be more interested. But mostly, I think they just need to open this up a little bit more. I mean, when spring practice happens, there's nothing for you, the fan, to get excited about. You don't get to see anything until the spring game. You don't get to see it. Nobody's allowed there. Media's not even allowed there. If they opened it up some, let you guys go or let you see video from practice and all that, you you would be interested. Creates another news cycle. I think that's what college football is really lacking is, is marketing. Uh, on top of the fact that, as Chase points out, regional dominance is – it extends beyond interest. It's physical as well. But if you engage the rest of the country more, you know, that could help a little bit, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, thank you guys for uh, for tuning in. That's my spiel. Name me commissioner of college football. I'll fix the sport. That's how you do it. That's how you'd fix the waning national interest. That's how you do it. You give everybody a reason to be interested all year long everywhere in the country. So, anyway, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. I'll let you know what I decide, but all the feedback I've gotten is do this at night. Um, so that's probably what we're going to end up doing. Just uh, reduce the frequency of these, and, uh, and that's okay. So anyway, thank you guys. Subscribe, like the video, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Talk Mississippi Media Production.